Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us at Out of Sight Adventures. We are all excited to whisk you all the way tonight to a nice, warm, tropical place to help us relax and get us away from everything that's going on. So tonight, I am super excited as we have an excellent team um, to discuss and experience this travel with us. Of course, we have Brian, my wingman. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Oh, I'm so ready for this trip. Are you ready? Oh, I'm more ready, and I can't wait to do it for real one day. I know, right? <laughs> um, and our trusty pilot tonight is Desiree. Hey, Desiree, are you got our plans ready? I do. Awesome. Our streamer that's helping us make sure that our ACB radio listeners out there on the community stream is Darrow. Hey, Darrow, how are you? Hey, Terry, I'm well. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Do you ever find it ironic that we have an actual pilot streaming and a streamer piloting? <laughs> Think about that every time. So. I know, right? Isn't that amazing? Okay, okay. So um, I want to welcome everybody on board on the ACB Airlines. We will get started here very shortly. But as you guys know, my role on the crew is to welcome you guys and give you a little safety and a little idea of what's going on. So before I say where we're going, I am just going to let you know, reach underneath your chairs. Everyone reach down. Okay. You'll find two bottles. One is going to be a special sunblock that will you'll be able to apply that does not have oxidine benzoin in it, which um, affects the lifespan of coral reefs. The second bottle, don't open it up because it'll be smelly. It's the bug spray because unfortunately we're going to be in a very, very relaxing island, but the mosquitoes are huge so that's your bug spray everybody so thank you acb you are wonderful for allowing us to provide these wonderful combinations and of course everyone gets a pair of comfy flip-flops so if you want to take off your shoes we're leaving the cold weather and we're heading to the south pacific are we ready desiree we are ready and able clear for takeoff And just like that, in 13 seconds, we have touched down in the South Pacific. So we're going to visit two islands tonight. As you guys know that, listen, I am the travel geek. I give you all the facts and figures that everybody loves to take a nap to. So I'm going to shoot them out to you. Um, the first island we are going to visit tonight. I'm excited that we have two of my really good friends uh, that will be joining us tonight to tell us a little bit about their visits there. So first-hand encounters. Um, but the first place we're going to tonight is the Isle of Bali. Um, so this is one of my dream vacation destinations. Um, so I'm geeked about tonight. So 
It has been an independent country now since the early 16th century, which if you think about this area of the loan uh, of the world, there's a lot of colonialization going on with the Spanish, with the Portuguese, uh, with the English. And to think that this island has survived for the better part of 600 years as an independent nation in this area of the world, to me as a history buff, was like kind of flabbergasting. And I was like, holy cow. That's kind of cool. So there's just, and I think of all these islands, and this might be my Amerocentric view of the world. I think of all these islands as little tiny islands. So when I saw this, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There's 4.2 million people living in Bali. Like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> so it's like, that's crazy. I didn't think there's that many people. A lot of these tourist islands, the tourists often uh, outpopulate the people, but not so on Bali. Um, the volcano Mount Agung, I hope I'm saying that right. And you guys know my role. If I'm saying it wrong, you know how to say it. Please correct me. I'm okay with that. Just raise your hand. So it's A-G-U-N-G. So I believe it's Agung. It is the highest um, point in Bali at 9,888 feet. So that's a pretty big volcano. Um, and that volcano and the other volcanic uh, activity in the area gives... Um, way to the famous black sand beaches of Bali. And if you've ever got to experience a black sand beach, it's a really cool experience that's so different because when we think of the beach, we think the turquoise water, we think the white sands, and you go out there and it's black and it's kind of cool looking. It's one of the things I like to go see. Um, and the official language is Balinese and Indonesian. So they actually have two official languages there. And let's see what else we got here. Coal, fossil fuels are the top exports. So I was like, you think of an island, you're thinking, oh, it's got to be like some sort of um, textile or something that the locals are making or, you know, some sort of tropical fruit. No, coal and fossil fuels, the top export of this island. So once again, something surprising. Um, other ones, uh, other their top five exports are two were natural rubber which makes sense because of the climate and the trees that they have there and palm oil. Once again, those two things made sense to me, but I wasn't expecting coal and, and other fossil fuels and petroleum gas. Um, and the main religion there is Balinese Hinduism. Um, so that also, once again, if you know the area of the world makes a lot yeah, of sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we are going to now go to our second island that we're going to be visiting today. And that is Fiji. Guys, if you could just um, please make sure you're muted while we're listening. This way, everybody can enjoy the show. I appreciate it. And we'll be able to unmute you when we have interaction with the, the guests later on in the show. Um, so now, here's what I was expecting. The recognition of independence by the United States, the United Nation, um, from the British Commonwealth happened in 1970 in Fiji. So that's kind of what I expected because of all the colonialization in this area of the world. Um, it is home, blah, 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 sorry, just over, yeah, sorry, just over 880,000 people live in Fiji. So that's kind of the population I was more expecting on Bali. And so, you know, it's Bali's almost four times, five times larger uh, population-wise than Fiji. So Fiji is a little bit smaller. It's highest point. And now you guys can absolutely laugh at me because this is one of those Polynesian South Pacific words that I'm really going to struggle with. Mount <laughs> Tamanivi. Mount Tamanivi. And that's what I'm sticking to because that's what it sounds like phonetically. And if you're from Fiji and care to correct me, please do. Um, that is 4,000. 
Fijians will be proud of you, Brian. Great. I'm glad, and they'll let me visit now. Um, 4,344 feet, so once again, half the size of uh, Agung over in Bali. And then Fijian and English. Uh, since it was a British colony, the English made sense. Fijian and English are the top languages. And being that they were a British colony, Christianity is the dominant re- religion in Fiji. So, and the I, second is Hinduism. Yep. And so I am going to play a little video for you, maybe, maybe. Um, please give me a second. So as we go over something that's really, really big in a lot of islands, uh, especially the South Pacific, is that they want you to be on island time. So Everything's more laid back. We've had a pretty stressful week here in the U.S. Um, so we definitely... Is it hammock time? Um, it will be. So let me get there. Um, okay, everybody. <laughs> so remember those flip-flops that ACB got us. So as we walk in the sand, it'll leave the footprints of ACB logo. We're going to all walk up to these palm trees. And every single one of us have our own hammock. And you have your own hammock mate. So that person is going to make sure you lay down very comfortably in your hammock. You're not going to fall. You're not going to flip. And then they're going to ask you, welcome. And what would you like to drink? And then for the next two minutes, we're going to just relax. And when we, when the music's over, your hammock mate will hand you a wonderful drink and a nice half coconut. Desiree, are you seeing that? Was I successful? Yes, yes, you were. Great. So we are going to, for those of us that have a little bit of vision, we're going to play video. Uh, otherwise, just sit here and relax, listening to um, being on a beach on a tropical island for two minutes, just to get into the relaxation of the moment.
Okay, so I'm going to bring us all back to reality now. Oh. So now that we put you to sleep or got you dreaming your favorite frozen tropical drink, we want you to enjoy the show. I know sometimes we have a really bad habit of moving fast because it's a 60-minute show with 70 minutes of content. So we are going to try and slow it down for you today. Um, I'm lucky enough to have some really great friends that have been to um, a lot of these places. And so I'm going to invite one of them to share with us about her trip. She's a good friend of mine. I've known her for a couple of years. She shares our love of traveling. Uh, she's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas. Lexi, did you make the call? Are you with us? Ooh, I Lexi. am here. Hey, Lexi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I am really good, but I can remember um, because we are very good Facebook friends watching your <laughs> Facebook feed and seeing <laughs> pictures of Bali and hating you a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> um, out of complete envy. So I would love for you to talk about the culture, talk about the food, talk about your experiences there. Um, and first, let me thank you for taking some time out of your day to share with our Out of Sight Adventures show crew and our ACB community. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I would love to talk about my experience to Bali. Um, honestly, I could talk all night about it, but I will try to contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so where would you like me to start? Uh, let's, let's, yeah, start at the beginning. Like, what was your first, like, when you got there, you're like, I've been dreaming about this trip. I really want to be here. You're there. And did it live up to its expectations? It did not only live up to expectations, it did it so much that I went back a second time. So I've been there twice okay, now. Okay, <laughs> we can kick her off the call now. <laughs> okay, so we... <laughs> bye Lexi, it was nice knowing you. Thank you. I love it, and I want to go back a third time. Honestly, if I could live there for a few months, I would, Sweet. in a heartbeat. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> but yes, um, so at the time, my first time going to Bali, I was actually not... To make you more hate me here, <laughs> Brian, I was actually, that was during the time in my life where I was living overseas in Australia. Oh, yeah. And so, rough life. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was actually way cheaper for me to fly to Bali from Australia than the sure. States while I was there. So I was like, I've always wanted to go. Why not? And me and two girlfriends decided out of the blue just one night we're like let's just go to bali and we found tickets and next thing i know we're leaving in a couple days and we ended up spending about two weeks there um and it was the most magical two weeks of my life i must say i loved it so much um so many memories made <laughs> cool. uh, the culture is beautiful it is just the people are so welcoming. They honestly just welcome you with open arms. They're all just happy and smiling. And sometimes, you know, you were mentioning the language. I, you know, would come across, you know, locals that didn't really know any English at all or very little English, but yet we still had that mutual understanding and could still kind of communicate just with our smiles. And oh, cool. it was just so warming and it's just amazing. The people there, they rock and the culture is just beautiful. I mean, this country is filled with thousands and 
thousands of temples uh, where they go every single day to pray and to worship, you know, to their different religions and gods and beliefs. And, you know, getting to experience that was, you know, just eye-opening and just very beautiful. And, you know, the architecture um, that went into building these temples is just amazing. You know, some are literally on cliffs overlooking the ocean. Some are, you know, next to rice terraces. They're just anywhere you could think of. There's just temples everywhere you turn. And they're all just so uniquely, beautifully made. And it's always crazy to me when I travel, you know, because we think of these countries sometimes, once again, I I think we're a very um, ethnocentric society in America where we think of America through the the whole world through the lens of America. We kind of think of these countries as slightly primitive. And then you see architectural feats like that. You're like, man, what are we doing wrong? Like, mm-hmm, <laughs> like how did they figure that, you know? And I'm like, so I'm going to, you have three people on here that I'm going to speak for authorit- authoritatively. Uh, we have three foodies uh, on this okay. crew right now. I and I would love for you to talk about some of the really cool food you ate while you're over there. Yes. Oh my gosh. So they, it was definitely very different, um, but honestly, amazing. Some of the best flavors I've ever had. There was not a single thing I did not try that I did not like uh, when I was there. So their main meals, oh, it's been a while. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Nori, I think I believe. Um, It has... It's like two, three words, but essentially it's rice um, is their main meal. So it's either rice with a type of meat, um, sometimes like chicken um, or pork, different types of meat mixed in with rice and some vegetables. And then you can get the exact same meal, but instead of the rice, you can do it with the noodles. Um, So you can just decide, but it's just the different spices they would use and the flavors. Um... Nari Goring, that's what it's called, Nari Goring. Um, And I had that, I kid you not, every single day that was my (laughs) breakfast, that was my lunch, that was my dinner. I would have, you know, rice for the lunch and the noodle and for dinner. Uh, But that's their main (laughs) meal, really, kind of what they're known for. Um, And you'll even find it, like, if you're going to even stay at, like, a hotel that is more, you know, Western, like, like a they have like the Weston over there, even at a Weston, you're going to find that traditional food and it's just amazing. It's of course a lot better if you stay at a local, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, hotel or place. Um, so that's their main one. Um, I remember when they asked me, we had stayed in a hostel and it came included with breakfast and it said pancakes on the menu, (laughs) you know, being from America, I'm thinking pancake is a pancake. It is not a pancake over there. (laughs) Over there, their pancakes are square and they are either green or pink. I honestly do not know what the material is made out of. Uh Um, Definitely not what we're used to. It's a different (laughs) texture. It's definitely, um, it's kind of, I don't want to say slimy, but it does kind of have like a slimy kind of chewy texture to it. And then they'll put fresh fruit within the pancake. So the pancake is this type of kind of colorful bread-like thing. Mm -hmm. And then they'll put like a fresh banana inside of it. 
and that's your pancake. Wow. No, oh, we're going to go to Bali cool. and Brian will not eat pancakes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> tell you my new YouTube channel, Brian tries, and it's going to be me making faces as I eat all these weird things as I travel. Um, <laughs> and speaking of weird, I will say my favorite thing. It's not necessarily a food, um, uh-huh. but it is a drink. And so I'm personally not a coffee person. I just, oh, you're going like to say coffee. it. I, know, I have it in my notes oh, right yeah. here to make sure you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I tried it. And this is someone that I do not like coffee, but I had to try it because it's the only place in the world you're going to find it. So Bali is famous for their poop coffee. Yes, mm-hmm. it is literally poop coffee. So it comes from an animal called a luwak and it's kind of it kind of looks like a lemur, but way cuter in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so it's this animal that lives in their forest and in the trees. And we got to go to the actual plantation, one of the original ones, and get to walk through and learn how they make this. So what I learned is that this coffee is actually the most expensive coffee in the world. One cup of coffee, like an American cup of coffee there is equivalent to 50 US dollars. Yeah. So the my research on it, because I'm the research guy here, mm-hmm. right now it's currently selling to four to five hundred dollars per pound. Yep. So when you mm-hmm. go and buy your Dunkin' at your local grocery store and complain <laughs> that it's twelve dollars a pound, be happy <laughs> that it's not poop coffee, which is <laughs> technically called Kopi Luwak mm-hmm. is the name of it. Kopi Luwak. Yeah. And so so what the animals do, so they eat, it's the way how they digest the leaves and the food that they eat. Um, So they will literally just, you know, do their business (laughs) and they take the poop from the luwak and they ferment it and, you know, they clean it. And so it's not like, you know, straight from (laughs) them. They do clean it, ferment it, you know, make sure it's safe. And then they kind of like a little guacamole bowl uh, with like the stick where you're like mashing old school avocado. Um, Mm. So they essentially do that once they heat it to a certain temperature. Um, And that's what they make the coffee out of. And apparently it's the most delicious tasting coffee in the world. So again, coming for someone who does not like coffee at all, I did not like the flavor whatsoever. But my best friend, who's a huge coffee lover and can even drink it, you know, straight black coffee, thought it tasted amazing amazing that she bought packages herself to bring back home. Well, it, it's <laughs> funny because if you look it up, if you use Professor Google, uh, there's a lot of things. This is the biggest tourist trap ever. Don't try this stuff. It's hard. You know, and then you have the people like, it was the greatest stuff ever. So it's all about your taste buds and mm-hmm. and what you like. But um, it, it was crazy to me that it, it's a coffee bean, but it's closer to a cherry. So yes. it's like this weird mix of a, a bean that you're getting. So it's not even a traditional, like Arabic, um, I can't think of the word, but a, a traditional coffee bean. It's a special bean that these these um, civets or luwaks or, you know, it's a, a weasel type. It's in the weasel family mm-hmm. um, that they're eating out in the wild, which is pretty cool. So you had that. You tried it. You tried poop I coffee. Didn't. I had yeah, to. It, it, you have I'm to. Don't try you poop coffee. Exactly. <laughs> not at Starbucks. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, I'll start my savings account. What <laughs> What was your What was your favorite like touristy thing that you did there? Um. So I'll talk about touristy and then kind of off the road. So I would say touristy. Some people again will say this is kind of like a tourist trap. Um. 
they will tell you to go. Well, my first of all, my favorite city, if whenever you guys go, you have to stay in Ubud. It is just, it's very central Bali. Um, and it's just, it has the best food. The locals are amazing. They're all about meditation, yoga, and a lot of these tourist attractions are actually in Ubud. And one of those is the monkey sanctuary forest. And so we went there and so you have to pay, it's not that much in US, just a couple dollars to get in and they give you some bananas. Um, but it's literally a sanctuary with thousands of monkeys just free roaming <laughs> um, all around. And so why they say it's a tourist trap is because honestly, the whole country is surrounded yes. <laughs> with monkeys. Like you can just go to a temple for free and then you're going to see the same monkeys instead of having to pay for it. Uh, but it was definitely one of my most memorable uh, things that we did because I had um, a GoPro with me at the time and because I knew, you know, it's an island, we're going to be in the water a lot. I do a lot of underwater uh, photography, videography. I happened to have it like my little GoPro on my GoPro stick and it just so happened to be yellow. So a little baby monkey started climbing <laughs> on my leg and I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, it's so cute. A little baby monkey. Oh my God. And my friends like recording me. And next thing I know, it's trying to eat my GoPro because it thinks it's a banana. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's trying to take my GoPro I from me. It. And the little monkey bit me. I actually got bit by a monkey there, but it didn't pierce my skin or anything. But oh, yeah, no. they, they can be little savages. Awesome. <laughs> These now, monkeys. <laughs> that's great. Now, were you able to get some pictures for those of us that can see a little bit to share from your oh, trip? Yes. Let me share screen. See, this works. Share. Okay, can we see Lexi's screen? Yep, I do. Okay, cool. Let me. Oh, well, here's one with the monkey right here. Okay, let me. Okay, it's loading. Desiree, can you do some audio description for us that can't? Yes, when it arrives on my screen. Okay. Oh, here we Thank go. Thank you. There we go. So. Here is a picture of me actually at the monkey forest with my friend Corelli. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to do the, the description, um, describe this monkey literally came over to my friend and just is hanging on the side of her neck and her head. And the monkey's head is on top of my friend's head. And it just is there hanging it, out. I mean, it literally looks <laughs> like a stuffed animal. Like yes. that's how crazy. Like, what color you take is a, it? Um, it's a brown monkey, kind of oh, like okay. light brown, um, pretty big monkey, not a baby monkey. Um, I mean, it's covering, its hand is literally over my friend's face and she yeah, looks I mean, it's very covering. nervous. Like yeah. we didn't know it came out of nowhere and just started climbing on her and literally just stayed there right when I was trying <laughs> to take a selfie with her. And my friend just looks so nervous. She's like, I'm smiling and laughing in the photo, but she's like, I can't move. I don't know what to do. Is it going to eat me? So, but it was just a very nice monkey that just. And I think the best part, Lexi, head. is your smile is like, I don't care what's going on behind me. I'm getting a good picture. So, <laughs> I was like, this picture is going to go down in history. <laughs> I think we got time for maybe one more picture, please, if you have one. Okay. Yes, let me see. Um, here's one of the temples. This was one of my favorite temples while it loads. So, this is called the Gates of Heaven. Oh, wow. And so, um, the. There is a volcano um, in the distance. That is a real volcano there. It's not Photoshop. That's called Mount Batur. Um, and that is one of the tallest uh, volcanoes 
in all of Bali. So this picture was taken on my second trip. And this is uh, one of the most sacred temples that you can go visit. Uh, we actually had to leave our place around five in the morning to try to beat uh, to get there early because then you can be waiting in line for hours. Um, and then on my first trip to Bali, this is actually the volcano that I trekked up for four hours starting at one in the morning um, to catch the sunrise at like 5.45 in the morning. So I got to see the Bali sunrise on top of a volcano. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let me go into a little further detail because this picture is stunning. Yes. <laughs> so in the background, you have the tallest mountain there in Bali. And then in the midground, you've got a person. Uh, looks like she's, it's a she, she's long, dark hair. It's you. <laughs> yeah. Yay. And you have your hands totally stretched up to the skies. And you look like you're standing in between uh, the remains of an exceptionally tall doorway or gate or something. It's got to be at least two or three stories tall. And in the foreground, all of this is reflected in a pond that is smooth as glass. Yeah, it looks like that a pond mirror. Is super it cool. is just stunning. Wow. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, Lexi, as always, I love when we get time to talk and hang out. And you are such a great addition to the broadcast cast tonight so thank you so much for your time i know you've traveled a ton so expect me to invite you back and Lexi, <laughs> when your when your trip to japan is rescheduled call me it's magnificent place to travel oh to. i would love to yes all the pointers <laughs> yes i might have not been to bali twice but i've been to japan <laughs> yes. Lexi, thank you so much Thank Have you. Have a great guys. night. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks, Lexi. <laughs> All right. You. So I just wanted to talk about two more places over in Bali real quick. Yeah. Let's um, wrap up Bali. Definitely go to Mount Agnang. You can actually go to that mount, uh, that volcano and they do tours and you could walk up it and that's the highest point. So it's 9,000 feet. So you may not make it to the top if you're not a trained climber. And the place I really want to go is the Bamboo Chocolate Factory. So this oh. is literally a chocolate factory that was opened in 2011. And the guys that started it wanted it to be very much about building up the Bali economy and staying true. So it is a three-story, 23,000 square foot factory, uh, all made from bamboo and uh, woven Balinese grass. So the whole factory, the structure is made from bamboo and the grasses. Um, and all of the chocolate is made from locally sourced uh, cacao beans and then also um, palm sugars. And so everything's naturally sourced, everything's organic, and they make some of the most delicious chocolates and they do actually do factory tours. So that is something you can do because chocolate factory tours, if you've never been on one, always come with a sample at the end, which is the best part. So... I would highly recommend going to the Bamboo Chocolate Factory when you go there because I'll be going on myself when we finally visit. Oh, no, so. no. I'm joining with you. We'll do <laughs> I Love Lucy episode with her, you know, so eating, working. The two in the diabetics factory. eating too much chocolate. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I don't know if they do life flight out of Bali. Um, so. We have another special guest that's a good friend of Terry's and Terry will take the show away from here. 
Yeah. Well, one of the things about traveling in the South Pacific is all these beautiful islands. So um, Bali and heading over to Fiji, there's over 300 islands. And so one of the activities to do there, of course, is snorkeling and scuba diving. So, of course, I had brought a friend who you guys will know is from our ACB community. And it's Jay. Hey, Jay, how are you? Hello, how are we doing? Oh, we're doing great. So just so you guys might recognize Jay's voice, he does help me out. He is a team member of the health checkup call. And he was a fire rescue diver and is very accustomed to going scuba diving when he had vision. And when I was researching our South Pacific trip, I was like, Jay is the perfect one to talk to us about how to go scuba diving without vision. And the training is exactly the same. And you go tandem. Yeah. And the vice president of what school was it? Um, Hadley. Hadley actually is a certified scuba scuba. So Jay, take it away. We want to go scuba diving. What do we need to do and remember? Well, first off, before you go up in that plane, there is no diving just before you leave on the plane. And once you land, you can't go in the water. You can go on the surface, but not go diving for until the next day. And that's just to help our bodies get used to the different pressures because we'll be pressurizing when we go deeper. The other thing that you want to remember when you do go diving is make sure you wear gloves and when you're touching things, because some of those wrecks may have sharp um, protrusions and different things. So you don't want to get your hands cut. And also if there's any coral, you don't want to touch coral with your, with your hands because you can actually kill the, the coral off. And also there's this coral called fire fire coral. Oh, yes. And let me tell you, you touch that with bare hands, you are on fire. And there's nothing you can do except wait till the toxins work through. So, yeah, we got to protect ourselves. And once you start to go into the wreck, one of the things that will happen is there'll be soot, you know, coming up all around you. Most divers don't like that because they can't understand what's going on. For a blind diver, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So the sit is when you're kicking your fins and the sand and, you know, we're stirring up the bottom. So for us, it doesn't stop us. So it's a a wonderful experience. I went scuba diving before I lost my vision and it was so wonderful. Um, And I have beautiful underwater pictures. And I have a wonderful picture of this really long, shiny fish that I was chasing. And my instructor grabbed my ankle and made me go up. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking picture of that really long, pointy. He's like, yeah, that's a barracuda. You don't chase those. <laughs> they're very aggressive. They're, they're more aggressive than sharks. <laughs> but, um, but it's a beautiful it's like a whole different world when you're under there so um very weightless the water difference between fresh water versus salt water you're much lighter you don't have to carry as much weight on you but one thing that you do have to remember though and if you're diving off a a boat is if you give your bc in your tank make sure your weight is off 
before you give that away. Because otherwise, you'll go down real fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait for us to go to an oceanic area and get a group of us together and go diving. And Jay, I hope you're there with us. And we're all going to go scuba diving together. Those that want to go. And one of the other things that's nice is depending on what kind of regulator you have, they also have full face mask regulators like you were a fireman. And those are even nicer. Yeah, I didn't have one of those. I had the traditional mask and regulator separate, but I think I would really enjoy that full face one. And when you do go up and more stable, because um, you're strapping it, you basically you have like uh, five straps, two on the lower, one on the uh, two on the uh Two lower, two mid, and then one on top. Right, you just got to make sure you clear your ears. I mean, clear your um, nose so that way you pressure. So as you're going down, descending, making sure you clear your, you know, all the I think the most the scariest moment I had when I was scuba diving is when I got separated from my regulator. Um, but with that full face mask, um, it, it's attached to the mask. So it's harder to, you can't. Somebody else can't kick it off your face because that's happened to me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And but you will have it. Uh, one of the things that you will want to do is make sure that's part of your carry-on. Oh yeah. Because it can mess that can mess up your uh, instruments on your regulator. Yeah, because the cabin underneath is not um, well, unless there's live animals, it's not um, pressurized. All right. Well, thank you, Jay, so much. Thank you, Jay. We appreciate <laughs> it. No problem. Yeah, I'm super excited. I can't wait to go diving. All right. Shall we see if there we've got any questions or is our uh, let's next see. Anybody have any questions right now? We can take one or two. So please, Desiree, if you can give the hand raising. All right. We have one from Karen. Oh, hey Karen. Hey Karen. Hi guys. How are I, you? I am good, thanks. And I love the, I looked how I look Oceania because mm -hmm. I came in like four minutes late. So um, I'm just curious, um, how long does it take to get there? Oh my goodness. Well, you it's, know, Oceania goes anywhere from essentially um, New Zealand all the way over to just west of Hawaii. So honestly, it really depends <laughs> on where you're going because there's a large area yeah. uh, that it covers. So, I mean, you're talking anywhere from 18 hours to a day and a half because you have to take multiple trips. Is that traveling east? Traveling out of the West Coast. Oh, yeah, traveling out, out of the West Coast. Coast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but going like to New Zealand, you might want to travel east. You might be able to go into like Dubai and then go to New Zealand or somewhere like because Dubai's got a lot of uh, the South Pacific. Um, I have a, a good friend that goes often out of uh, your area and he flies into Dubai and then goes um, over into like Indonesia and stuff. So that it looks, the photos look beautiful. It makes me want to go. <laughs> let's go. Oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. I've been ready for about eight years. It's do we my... have uh, <laughs> Desiree, do we have any other hands up? One more hand. Phone number okay, this will be the last one we can take for right now. Phone so number who do we have? ending in five, one, one. Five one five one one. <laughs> it's Jennifer. Hey. Hey, Jennifer. <laughs> and who is who am I speaking to? You got this Terry, is Terry, Terry and, and Brian. Brian. Oh well, you know it's interesting that you mentioned Hawaii because I lived in Hawaii um, for about from I lived in Hawaii from twenty. 
20 or 20 or 2000 to 2013 and i was in honolulu for six months but i didn't like honolulu as much as i thought i would and i didn't molokai was nicer but it um there was just there was just so much that went on there that i don't even like i i but i liked learning about the lang learning the language and learning the culture or part of what little i could of the culture so that well, was thank you jennifer for sharing that with us tonight we're talking about bali and fiji have well, you experienced well, fiji, the all those islands are part of the you said they were pacific ocean south pacific yes ma'am they're on the other side wow. of hawaii oh i see i i didn't yeah. know that i yeah I, you know i so. We're but so we will we will definitely we will definitely yes. visit Hawaii and we'd love to have you on that call. Yeah, so, keep, so we're uh, not, keep an eye out. Yeah, because that's part of our domestic travel when we do Hawaii. So please, yep. please um, pay attention. Yeah, because hey, we'd Desiree. love to have you. Desiree, do we have uh, a Dave Canary on with us? I'm looking. Did he make it? Well, while I we're waiting, not see for, a Dave. Okay. While we're waiting for Dave to join us. Yep. Um, there's a couple of things I want to talk about for Fiji. Yep. Um, it is amazing how um, not so populated it is. And the people there are super, super, super friendly. But I do have to warn you that if you bump into somebody and you feel that they have a, a machete on them, do not get scared. Um, they no longer... Um, do cannibalism like they did way, way in the past when the when they were invaded by the English and the Spaniards. Um, <laughs> what it is is they carry machetes on them, kind of like guns in Texas and in Florida, um, because they might need it to chop down and go to work, chop down a coconut. Um, they're not going to hurt you with the machete, but they do carry it. Women as well, they just have it right on their belt, and they have their machete ready to crack open a coconut. Um, oh, in other words, it's their Swiss army machete. Yes. <laughs> but that would be a Fiji machete instead of Swiss army. <laughs> but yeah, Desiree, perfect. So um, are you going to play that uh, little intro, Brian? Um, yeah, I'll play it now. Hold on. Okay. I didn't know when you wanted it, so. Oh, wow. That really got edited uh, there. Yeah, it did. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Shimmering South Pacific and, between oh, Hawaii and Australia. Oh, please. 330 islands are uninhabited, making it one of the most unspoiled places on the planet. Fiji's jagged reefs and warrior culture kept European explorers and traders at bay for centuries. The result is a society that's preserved its communal traditions and deep connections to the land and sea. Today, Fiji is one of the friendliest places on earth. The Fijian greeting Bula means life and good health. You'll hear it within minutes of arriving and before long, you'll be calling it out with equal gusto. The main island is Vitilevu. This is home to 85% of Fiji's population, which consists mostly of Melanesian and Indian peoples. A two and a half hour drive from Nandi International Airport is Fiji's capital, Suva. 
Wander the streets filled with colonial architecture, browse the markets, or simply hang out with locals by the sleepy harbour. From Suva, head west along the fabulous Coral Coast. This 50-mile stretch of beaches and bays is fringed by a coral reef that literally touches the shoreline. No need for dive boats here. Just pull on a face mask, step from your resort into the water and discover why Fiji is known as one of the world's great snorkeling and diving destinations. Fiji's main island offers plenty of inland adventures too. Take in the scents of the Fiji Spice Gardens, zip line through the forest canopy, or climb aboard a four-wheel drive for a Highlands adventure tour. A trip into Fiji's rugged interior provides a great window into the lives of the Fijian people, who open their classrooms, homes and hearts to visitors. When you're ready to explore Fiji's smaller islands, head to Denarau, just a 15-minute drive from Nandi Airport. Denarau's marina is the gateway to two of Fiji's most popular getaways, the Mamanuda and Yasawa Island groups. Getting to the islands is easy, but requires just a little forward planning to ensure you make your transfers. The only hard part is deciding which islands to visit. In Fiji, they have a saying, each bay its own wind. And this is certainly true of its islands. While some islands cater to all tastes, others are tailored to specific types of travelers. Situated in the Mamanuva Marine Park is tiny beachcomber island, known as the Party Island. Also in the Mamanuthas, float away into a world of total relaxation at Malolo Island's Liku Liku Resort. For those traveling without children, Liku Liku offers a range of sanctuaries perfect for connecting with that someone special. Nearby, Castaway Island is the perfect place to spend quality time with family and to watch your children rediscover the natural world. Just to the north of the Mamanuthas lay the Asawa Group, a chain of 20 island jewels. The twice-daily catamarans from Denarau take between three to four hours to reach the Asawas, but the journey from island to island is half the fun. Life here is about as unhurried as it gets. Wander the paths and hilly trails between villages. Glide with gentle giants. Explore beaches where the only footprints will be your own. There are also plenty of short adventures available from Port Denarau. Cruise out to tiny Tivua to sample the best of island life in just one day. Or hoist sail aboard a coral cat and explore the pristine marine environment of the west coast and beyond. Fiji is a paradise for fishermen too. Join a charter and you'll soon be reeling in delicious reef fish for dinner. Fijians love music. Everywhere you go, you'll hear the heartfelt sound of singing and guitar. 
But if there's one thing Fijians adore more than music, it's children and family. And it's that sense of family and belonging that will soon be extended to you. Mbula, welcome to Fiji. Well All right. So one of the things I need to tell you is Bula. So um, you may be asked to join a family, share some kava. Kava is a drink. It's not a poop drink. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a drink. It is a drink made from this special plant. And it's basically they yank it right out of the ground and they dry the roots up for a couple of days. And then they mash it up and clean it all up and add water to it. And they take their machetes and they cut open a coconut and they drain all the coconut juice out and they pour it in there. And my understanding is the viscosity of it is um, is uh, like uh, like one of uh, like a smoothie. Um, very not thin viscosity like water, but a little thicker. Um, and then they pour it into your coconut shell and you drink it. And you share the drink with everybody, but you have to do it in a special way. When they go to hand you the coconut, you clap your hand once, then they hand it to you and you say, Bali and Baha, meaning life, like we just, and then you drink and then you hand back the coconut and then you clap three times. Um, and that's how it's done. And once you do that, that means you're welcome to that family and let the party begin. So just to warn you, though, <laughs> that kava, um, if you're not used to drinking it in large quantities, because once you experience a kava ceremony, and that's what they call it, they don't call it drinking party, they call it kava ceremony, um, it does um, have antidepressants. So that's why they feel the natives are always happy because it has antidepressant properties, but it also has a little bit of narcotic effects. So that's why everyone's kind of laid back. So I would definitely recommend um, having some kava and go back to some hammock time. Wouldn't you say, or How about Brian? pizza time? Oh, pizza time. Oh, I totally forgot about cloud nine. Okay. Yeah. So Brian likes to talk about donuts. I like, I'd like to talk about real food. Can so we there, just show, it, are you okay if we oh, just show the video? Yeah, we can show the video. Sorry. It is so amazing. We're just up against the time. Okay. So it's uh, right out there. Desiree, the feel free to talk about the video. The time has finally come. It's here. We are on one of our last stops of Fiji and we're going to... We're going to Cloud Nine, the world's only floating pizzeria in the middle of the South Pacific Ocean. Do you see the couple waving to us? So we just have to hop on one short little boat ride and then we will be... Actually, you know what? We'll be right over there. It's basically out in that ocean, just a few miles. Let's kick it. I'm not sure if our boat's totally seafaring. That's it right there. Part of the adventure. Let's hope there aren't many waves. <laughs> it's scary looking. Can make it to cloud nine? <laughs> yeah, if you have to ask and you're excited if it would make it to cloud nine, yeah. 
again, we're seeing another aerial view on night. Uh, this cafe be set up with turntables and everything. Uh, two alcoholic beverages. Lots of booze. So we finally seen. made it. Look at this place. Look at that margarita. Not only is Cloud9 famous for its pizza, it's also famous for its delicious margaritas. And coming from two California kids, you know that means a lot. And that guy, I think he's still back there, right there. He's the guy, he's the owner, and often the resident DJ. Pharrell, thank you so much. You have made definitely a heaven on earth. This has been the favorite part of our trip. Cloud9 is everything we wanted and more from Fiji. It's a floating pizzeria in the middle of the South Pacific. You have turquoise waters glistening all around you. The sun is shining, the music is playing, people are jumping in and diving. And did I mention, it's the best pizza. And I'm a Jersey girl, so coming from me, that means a lot. So here's a few things about Cloud9 you should know. One, you need to make a reservation. They basically have two seatings, a morning seating and an afternoon seating. The hours are 10 to 2 and 2 to 6. It's roughly about $100 to come out here. So you have to buy your ticket, you get a little voucher for about $60 Fijian. $60 Fijian dollars, yeah. So you get a voucher for $60 Fijian dollars, and then you come out here and use that towards food or booze or both. The closest land is about three miles away. So you've probably seen online, and my first thought was, this thing's probably, what, 200 feet off land? Quite the opposite. It's in the middle of the ocean. There's a beautiful reef surrounding Cloud9 as well, so you get all of these different shades of cerulean and turquoise, and it's absolutely breathtaking. If you come to Fiji, you need to come check out Cloud9. Isn't that amazing? When I found this restaurant and this experience, I'm like, this is definitely an out-of-sight adventure experience we cannot miss with our ACB traveling friends. So to finish the description is these two floating really huge barges and they've built um, a substantial platform over all of it. They've got, it looks like two different decks. Uh, all the decks surrounding have these huge um, canopies that they've got stretched out uh, as well as all this deck chair, lounge chair kind of a setup. And then most people in all the videos I've seen are jumping from the two-story high platform where I believe the DJ tends to sit. And the middle platform has a grass roof. I mean, this place oh, is huge. Cool. Yeah, so very cool. So we are have time for one trivia question that'll get a prize. Please, if you have answered before and you have won, please let somebody else answer because you can only get one prize. But I will open it up to somebody else if nobody answers. This one can be an easy one. First person with their raised hands that has not won with the correct answer will win a $100 travel savings card. The question is, the chocolate factory in Bali was made out of what native grass? What was the chocolate factory in Bali made out of? Anybody got a raised hand? Anybody got Ooh, a raised yep. hand? One raised hand from Pam. Hey. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Cool. Uh, the chocolate factory was made out of bamboo. Oh, we Woo! have a winner, winner, winner chicken winner, dinner. Winner, winner, bamboo chocolate dinner. Okay. What, so what, what you're going to do is email us at outofsightadventures2020 at gmail.com. 
That's out of sight adventures 2020 at gmail.com. And we will send you the information to register your travel savings card. Um, I can't, this hour goes by quicker and quicker every week. I feel like it. I we have know. three minutes to the end. So I will say my normal thing. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Thank you, Desiree. Thank you, Darrow, for leading this crazy bunch around the world and helping us get it out to everybody. Thank you for taking an hour of your Monday night to hang out with us and talk about the travel we will take together one day. Uh, we will be back next week on Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, holiday to go to his home city of Atlanta, Georgia, Hotlanta. That's where we're going Hot next Lana. week. So please join us next week. Um, Terry, what would you like to say? I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening on ACB Radio. I hope you truly enjoyed the sounds of tonight. We will be posting our hammock time. Um, so at any time you need to go back and just enjoy your hammock. Um, no drinks will be provided, though. Um, please go to our Out of Sight Adventure Facebook page. And looking forward to seeing everyone next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you, everybody, for all your support. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We really appreciate it.